in from the gift, poems by Hafiz, Your camel is loaded to sing. The camel is loaded to sing. Look what poetry, good poetry, can do. Untie the knot in the burlap sack and lift the gold falcon out. Stealing back the flute. Something in your soul, trust me. Otherwise it would not let you near these words. God has spilled out a great one into each of us. This warrior is always fearless and always kind. The only business I am concerned with these days, since I heard the moon's drunk singing, is stealing back our flute from Krishna. That's interesting. Yeah. Sure. Well, it's always interesting as we begin the process of sharing. In meditation, I was reminded of really the history of this pathway, that what we're doing today in Interlight Ministries is not anything new, but it is something that has been done, has been done, and has been around a long, long time. It's been around as long as the souls have been incarnating into this planet here just for this planet. Beyond that, it's a whole other story. We're not going to go there now because we're here, so we'll stay here and now. But one of the things I guess I'd like you to realize is that truly this pathway of sound and light, that inner pathway of spiritual awakening, often called the path or the way, as it's most often been known throughout history, and that it has been here literally for eternity, because in truth, it really is the divine living presence of God in its manifestation, in its movement and expression. It is from God that all has been created, and it is all in that movement that God brings creation back to itself. And so all we're doing is the souls that are that loving beingness made in the likeness of God are following that movement, that experiential journey of that essence of God's loving through all, all of creation. So that's the bigger story. But I'm going to go a little bit over more of the story just on the physical level. That where it began for me several years ago, that I had an inner experience where Spirit showed me, even the hue that we chant here, that name of God, that frequency of loving that is in that, from the word human, God and man, or in truth, God in the mind, that when I was shown this in more recent history, about five, 6,000 years ago, where I saw just even that name, that word, the hue, starting over in China, thousands of years ago over in China. And if you look today, look at how many people in the Chinese culture have the name hue, or somewhere in part of their name is the word hue. This is very interesting. It's been done that way through all cultures of where often people will name their children after something of a godly nature. And so we even have the hue. And where did human even come from in the English language? These have meaning behind them. There is a history, is what I'm trying to say. God is always present. 
But in that journey of God being present in this realm of time and space, part of that journey for the divine essence of God's loving that we are, the soul, that light of God, is to move into a state of forgetfulness, of asleep, being asleep to the truth of that which it is and that which it comes from and that which it is returning to, often called that which is. <clears throat> that which is is that beingness in its purest essence and truth. And so the journey of the soul throughout time is a journey through time. And so we come here embodying over and over, having experience in this physical world. But in that experience, God is always walking with us, showing the way, leading the way, in truth, actually bringing us along the way all the time. But it's not until that time comes when the soul has fulfilled its journey in this physical kingdom does God begin to bring the soul home. God brought the soul here. God brings the soul through the experience and God brings the soul home. It's that simple. It's just amazing in this process in which we in this physical consciousness are not aware of the simplicity or, shall I say, even the sacredness of the journey. Because truly it is sacred, always has been. We just simply have forgotten. Even in the Lord's Prayer there, hallowed be thy name, that sacred name. It's a sacred journey. But what is that name? That name is that voice of God. That is the true sound from which God spoke. And there came the light, who we are, that essence of loving. And so in that movement, back as I was shown there, even in China, one of the well-known teachers of this pathway from China was Lao Tzu. How many of you heard or read the book Tao Te Ching, if I'm pronouncing that right? Lao Tzu. And some of the information I'm sharing today, I'm putting out some names, times, and whatever that you may even find yourself curious, if you are, to be drawn to read maybe some of these authors or books that are out there. We've, we've got some on the back bookshelves there, as well as our own materials that we share. And I'm sharing this again because we want you to be aware of the history. Even though in truth it doesn't matter, because really it's called focus here and now, of what our living experience is inwardly, and in our own awakening now. But for many of us in that journey, it helps to have that historical background that we see there's a living truth that has been moving across even this physical planet that has always been presented. That it's not a new age thing just somebody invented in the moment. But there's a truth that's been here through time that has always supported the soul on its journey. Not only in its return home to God, but even in its journey through this physical level of how to live with loving, with acceptance, with joy. That journey of living the truth of who we are, even while we are in the body. But then greater than that is that journey of the soul returning home, back into the realm of spirit, back into that loving essence, that spiritual essence from which we've come. 
And so there's always been the way or the path, always here for when God calls a soul home. How do you think we're even led to what we're led to? Why are we even drawn or interested in the things we're doing in our lives, whether it's relationships, jobs, classes, learning this, learning that? Why are we even drawn to have experiences here in the world? And what is it that even draws us to get our curiosity, to gather our attention about spirit, about God? What is that? Where do you think that comes from? You think that's just the ego, the mind? If you do, well, what is the ego and mind? Do you really know? Do you even know what this body is? Okay, yeah, I can see it, I can feel it, I can hear it. Look at how much science does even, even know the body. In other words, pay attention. Be open. Be open to discover. Be curious. Seek out. Learn and grow. There's an enjoyment of that. But where is that coming from? Where is that coming from within us? that even gives us direction, that stirs our curiosity or interest in that which we seek or pursue. That's a journey that we're sharing of here, is that journey to go beyond just our outer interests and curiosities and what we're doing. But where that even comes from? That's the journey of the soul, of moving more and more within so that we consciously Awaken to that greater beingness, that essence of who we are. Beyond all this mental, emotional, physical experience that we're walking through here. But that greater divine knowing is that which we are seeking in this meditation practice we present here. That inner journey. And it's interesting, even though through history... Even as pathways been presented with slight variations from one culture to another, from one teacher to another, from one time to another, it's always been the same inwardly in its spiritual truth, in essence. And so, even as it's moved from China, it's also been well-known in Greek. Thousands of years ago, some of the most well-known teachers of the time were Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, There's even one I know that's not even out there written, but that's shared inwardly in spirit. There's always been physical bodies we call teachers presenting this meditation practice of the way or the path home to God. Home to God. Not in this world, but home to God. Isn't it interesting how many, maybe I should even just say not even how many, don't all cultures in some way, shape, or form pursue spirit, pursue God just through the world, through worshiping in temples or churches, climbing mountains, going into caves, sacred bodies of water. Look at all these things in the world that people are drawn to, looking, wanting to know that spiritual truth Wanting to know. But we're looking in the world. 
But sometimes, and here's the wonderful thing, even when we're seeking and maybe looking to outer forms, but where is that coming from, that wanting to look and going and doing all the physical things we do, hoping to awaken, to discover, to know the divine? A wonderful thing takes place even on that physical walk, that physical part of the journey. Why did you even walk into this room today? Physically, get your body here. Because that's part of the process. It is through physically even doing the walk that in that action that there's a part of us in our conscious awareness that is stirred, that is moved. It is in that movement of taking action, even physically, that begins to bring about an inner experience. Something inside of us begins to change. We see or hear something that maybe we've never seen or heard before. It gets our interest or it completely turns us off. But what is that that gets turned off or that gets sparked and inspired? What is that? It's inside of us that moves us. And so that's the journey. Pay more attention to that inside of you that is moved, not the physical experience of what you're doing. Yeah, that's part of it. But what is that inside of you that is being moved as you're going about this physical experience? Throughout time, they've had all kinds of actions of worship, ways of being initiated into certain spiritual practices to awaken, to come to know that greater truth, the spirit of the divine. Many ways have been very earthly, Many ways of bearing more metaphysical and psychic and occult. And some ways have been truly of spirit. Beyond all the metaphysical and physical. So if we move forward some more, we find ourselves over in Europe at different times, such as in France, Voltaire. Ever heard of him? He was a teacher of this pathway. In England, more recently, if you can call 18th century recent, William Blake, he was a teacher. How many of you heard of Dante? Let's jump over to Italy now. Dante. Or how about Leonardo da Vinci? Yeah, he was known for his artwork, but did you also know that he was a teacher of this pathway? That wasn't as well known, because at that time, this pathway was kept more secret, more private. It was not a public. It's really more time during the time of John the Baptist, of Jesus, disciples there, that it became, I like to say Jesus had a good, good publicity. It's more presented outwardly because it was at that time, even in the times in the Jewish sect, it was kept more sacred and private. It's a very sacred inner pathway. Because it is. And so it's wonderful to keep that sacredness. But it's also know, nice to know what's out there. And so Jesus brought more of the public, putting it out there to the masses. But even before Jesus, John the Baptist. How about Elijah and Elisha? They were teachers of this inner way. 
It's very interesting if you read or hear the different stories or experiences of mystical teachers over the years. They will often share stories of inner experience, of the spiritual journey, like Elijah and his chariot. That wasn't about a physical experience. That's a chariot that could fly. That was the journey into the inner worlds, the inner kingdoms, the spiritual worlds. That is the journey of the soul returning home through many of the levels. I'm jumping around here a little bit. I hope that's all right with you. But I, even now as I'm saying the inner worlds, I'm thinking of, I remember when Jim and I were over in England a few years ago visiting the uh, British Museum of Art there. And one of the pictures, I believe, was it Leonardo da Vinci? Mm -hmm. That showed a uh, group of people and then clouds and layers in the clouds through different levels and showed the heavenly hosts and all these angels and beings and spiritual teachers and then the Godhead. Yet all these clouds represented all these levels because these are all the different inner worlds, the realms, the dimensions, the physical, the astral, the causal, or the emotional, the mental, the great void, the spiritual world beyond all that. It's throughout history. It's out there in pictures and words. How about the time of Abraham, Jacob, Moses, Joshua, crossing the Red Sea, or the Reed Sea. Was that really about Moses leading the Jews out of Egypt? Maybe. Could it possibly have been a spiritual parable? In truth, not even a parable, but the true story of the journey of the soul, crossing the Red Sea, or what we call the Sea of Life, or the Lake of Reflection, that in the soul's journey, as it leaves the land of Egypt, the physical world, and journeys through the realms, and as it crosses that Red Sea, that it steps into the promised land. Isn't it interesting? I love the, the movies. I've seen Moses. Oh, gosh, I can't even remember. What was the actor's name, the old one, original? Yeah. Where he holds up the staff and the sea parts. I love that. But that staff is symbolic of the light and the sound. That sacred word or sacred name of God that a true spiritual teacher holds. That staff is a mantle. It's not the physical teacher. It's that staff that has the power, and that staff represents the light and the sound. Even as Moses, he always gave the credit to God in that staff, which represented the power of God's name. Is that power in a staff, the light and the sound, God's name, God's word, that parts that lake of reflection on the inner realms. And in that parting, the soul has safe passage to now move back into the realms of spirit beyond the physical kingdoms. It's very interesting, a lot of these stories that has always been looked at as a physical journey, and some of it is and has been. But many of these stories through history 
even though they sound physical, are really the journey of the soul through the inner kingdoms and its return home to the spiritual kingdoms. Be aware of that. Don't look at everything just as physical. But begin to look beyond the physical and realize that maybe there's more behind these words. You heard that phrase, as above, so below? You heard me a moment ago call the Red Sea the lake of reflection? Well, guess what? Those spiritual worlds, the true spiritual worlds, the home of the soul, the Garden of Eden, the promised land, the land of milk and honey, as above, so below. That lake of reflection reflects what's above, down below. You ever, you ever been out in nature and seen a, a body of water and you see the trees or the mountains behind it reflected on the top of the lake? Or seen a painting like that where it looks the same, the reflection, and sometimes if it's really amazingly clear, you can't even see or know where, what begins and what stops, what's the lake and what's actually the sky? Gee whiz. As above, so below. The spiritual worlds are reflected into the physical. This that is in the physical is a lower reflection of those greater worlds of spirit. Where does this all come from? And so, even in the physical experiences can be symbolic and even look very much like the inner kingdom and that soul's journey home. So many of the teachers talked about climbing the mountain, going to the top of the mountain, and there they spoke to God. Sure, maybe there's a physical mountain because, heck, it's nice, it's easier to talk to God when you get away from everybody and all the noise of the world or go into a cave, get away from all the distractions. So that way, we can place our attention really on the Spirit. And so the mountain, well, guess what? There's an inner mountain. Even this body is known as a mountain. Why do we meditate? right here at the seat of the soul. Why do we say, hold your attention here? This is the top of the mountain in the physical level where the soul resides. So in order to awaken to the soul, we got to come up to where the soul is at the top of the mountain. And guess what? Just like you have a mountain out there and a mountain here, there is a mountain even on these inner kingdoms that the soul journeys to the top of the mountain to awaken and know that God essence that resides on the top of the mountain. As above, so below. So below, below as reflected from above. So in one way, it's symbology. In another way, it's truth. It's a direct reflection. But all that's just God's creation, manifestation, the movement of the divine or experience.
Egypt. You've heard of Agnaten. He was a teacher. They worshipped the sun disk. You ever seen a picture of a pyramid or something, um, Egyptian um, hieroglyphs, where they show a sun disk and these little rays in hands or fingers at the end of the rays of light coming out of that sun disk? That sun disk, the sun, that represents God. And those hands, the rays of light in the little hands, represents the hands of God that is extended to each of us, the soul, the child of God. For when that time is ready, that hand of God is there and extended. When it's time for us to awaken, we begin to look in and up. And we go, oh my God, there's a hand. You take hold of that hand of God so that God can begin to now bring you home. Back through that sun disk, which resides at the top of the pyramid or the mountain, the capstone. I hope I'm touching into a lot of different things so you have different reference points. Another interesting one, that in here we hear of the sacred names, the unspoken names. There's five of them, for those of you that are aware of that. In Egypt, a little, little diversion here moment, when, again in England, Jim and I were at the British Museum of Art there. They had an Egyptian display. And I remember one of these tall statues, um, gosh, four or 5,000 years old, of a, of a high priest. It's like eight or nine feet tall, I think, the statue. And in the, in the statue's hand, the high priest's hand, there was this keychain, a big ring with five keys on that ring, the keychain. Five names of God that are given to those that are initiated into this inner pathway. Astral, causal, mental, etheric soul. The soul's journey home. Five names, five keys represented on one keychain, the circle, the oneness. These are things that are out there. That's, what I'm, that's why I'm putting them out there with you. If you look or read, look at history or look at pictures and books or artwork, that you begin to see these things, that you begin to know what they represent and not just think, wow, that's pretty. Wow, what's that about? It must be spiritually significant. But that you really begin to know and understand the meaning behind a lot of that which has been presented historically through words, through pictures. A little trip down memory lane today. Long trip. I'm going to come a little more present just to 200 years ago. <laughs> the founding fathers of the United States. How many of you know they were part of the group called the Freemasons? At the time, the Freemasons, I don't know if it necessarily is today, but at the time back then, that the Freemasons were actually practicing this inner pathway of initiation on the names of God. 
At the time, Benjamin Franklin was a teacher of this pathway who gave initiation on this inner journey. George Washington, John Adams, many of the Thomas Jefferson, many of the founding fathers were actually initiated and walk in this pathway. But again, at the time, it was a little more private. It's not well publicized. I guess the Freemasons had a little publicity, but not large. So this has been around thousands of years ago and hundreds of years ago to this day. More recently, we follow even into India. Many of you here know the pathway of Sant Mat, the Indian teachers over there. A lot of teachers of India, but not all of them are teaching this path of sun and light. So even more recent history, we even have books back there, even on that pathway, talking about this journey of sound and light on the sacred names of God. And of course, right here, today, what Jim and I share and present in Inner Light Ministries is that same pathway, that same inner journey of the soul returning back to which it's come from. Because that inner journey is the same regardless of the physical time, the physical teacher, the physical continent or country in which it's being presented. It's not about the physicality of it. about the spirituality of it. It is that same inner pathway that has been around for so long. If you read from these different teachers or see different pictures, you may see a little bit of variation, but if you keep reading a lot of their works, you'll hear and see the same teaching throughout all of history. I've just been reading a little bit of Lao Tzu lately, and I'm amazed at reading what he's put down there, I'm going, oh my gosh, it's the same then as it is now, or as it is now, it's the same then. Even the same words from thousands of years ago are still used today. Sometimes things are talked of a little bit differently because of the time, things were a little different. But even in that little bit of difference with the words, you still see the sameness even till today. It's easy to recognize. So there's a solid foundation throughout history, physically. That's nice to know. I enjoyed learning about the history of this pathway. It supported me to know that it wasn't just another little fly-by-night type of thing or somebody having a good idea, starting a group. Those can be fun too, done those a little bit. But that greater truth and strength, that true essence of spirit that God is, that always is, that when the time is ready, we will come to know what that is, we'll be drawn to that. And as it is stirred, as we hear the words, see it in the world demonstrated, feel 
inwardly, that experience where we just know, where a peace or contentment comes to us, we feel like we're home, we will come to know when it's time and what that truth is because it is a time for the soul to truly awaken and to come to know that greater light and sound of loving of what it is and where it's come from and where it's going. So be aware. Have fun. Go and check out these things I've been sharing today. There's a lot more I didn't even touch into today. I try not to because I have to watch my mind. It could easily get caught up in trying to say all these. I don't want to do that. I want to give information, but keep that essence of loving in all that we share here. Have fun. You'll get caught in reading like I did and get really mental about it, get a headache, get stressed out, worn out, and you say, enough, I need a nap, I need to go meditate. It's part of it. I had lots of days like that because it's so awesome reading and seeing and understanding all this stuff. And then it just wears you out and you just give it all up, go back inside because that's what it's about. But all that information in history is wonderful if it helps you or leads you to that true pathway inside so that you walk it and have the experience for yourself so that it's not just information, that it's not about belief systems, but that it is simply a guide to point the way into you into your own divine inner experience so that you come to know for yourself. Not because of what anybody says or has written, but that you come to know it through your own inner experience for you. That's the true journey. All this out here can be fun, interesting. But don't let it lead you astray or distract you from the true journey that takes place in meditation upon those sacred names, that light and sound, that staff that parts the waters so the soul can have safe passage into the promised land.